Well, you know, I just wanted to say a shout out to Reverend Mark Anthony because after coming back this week, man, this is not an easy job. The ego gets in there, right? And, you know, uh, he does it every week. And even when he's not here, when he's in India, he carries the consciousness of this home that we get to flit in and out of as our spiritual house. But this is his home. This is the place that he's established. And, you know, when you're leading spiritually, I know you can get a lot of pot shots or maybe we think we, we give enough love, but I don't think you can ever give enough love. And so let's give a little love to Mark Anthony Lord for putting this together and making this a place for us to be. And the band, and all the people who show up every week. Sarah, I mean, it's just really, I really have a new appreciation for it. So we are studying Course in Miracles, and this is the Course in Miracles, and we went through last week. This is my book. It has a, <laughs> a napkin on the back of it that my husband gave me a couple of years ago, and it says, she had not yet decided whether to use her power for good or for evil. <laughs> and she's smoking against a tree. It sort of sums me up. Um, <laughs> but the truth about this book is that it says who we are. It says that we are whole and perfect and complete, that we are here to create the good, the beautiful, and the holy, that we were created good, beautiful, and holy, that we are guiltless children of a loving God. And that's the truth and the whole truth about me and about you. Amen. Amen. So I have a serious confession. You know, I drove back down here from Madeline Island. I was up at the Apostle Islands with my family, and I'm driving down, and I'm thinking about this talk. I'm, I'm thinking about it, and I'm starting to take it seriously. <laughs> and that is like the worst thing that a teacher-student of Course in Miracles can do, because the number one rule is, and my favorite quote of Course in Miracles, is that all separation happens when the Son of God remembers not to laugh, right? And that in his forgetfulness did the thought become a serious idea possible of both accomplishment and real effects. So it's like we have to surrender the serious thinking. We have to actually actively move into our joy and let go of the seriousness. But, you know, uh, I like to take the reins from God. You know, I like to say, you know what, God, I believe that you can do everything, but, you know, I got this. Like, I'm going to be driving this one, okay? And God's like, what is she doing? She can't drive. She's not supposed to be driving, right? What is her job? Didn't we tell her her job was to rejoice and be glad in what I've created? I'm like, yeah, just let me drive this one. I can do it. I got this. You know, and the Holy Spirit says to us a million reasons why we're not supposed to drive this day, why we're supposed to just be still and allow the beauty of God to delight us and delight through us. The number one reason for uh, not driving is that we don't have a license. We are licensed to rejoice and be glad in this day. That is our part. And if we mess up that part, we throw off all harmony. We throw off the whole harmony. Our job is to delight in this day. That's all we have to do. It's such an easy job. And do we mess it up? Oh, my God. Yes. All we have to do is rejoice in this day. Another reason why we shouldn't be driving is that we don't have the map. We don't have the map. You know, the Holy Spirit says to us every day, come to me and ask me where you're to go, what you're to do, what you're to say, and to whom. It doesn't tell us about tomorrow. It doesn't tell us about next week. It says this day. You know why? Because all we can handle is this day. That's it. That's what the Holy Spirit knows about us. As surely as we know it about our children. We're not going to say to our kids, next week we're going to Disneyland. Because you know why? The whole week we're going to hear about how we're going to Disneyland and how we have to make something happen about Disneyland. 
So the Holy Spirit is gentle with us. It gives us what we can digest in that moment. It gives us all that we need. We have the information of what am I to do today? Where am I to go? What am I to stay and to whom? And another reason why the Holy Spirit allows us to move forward with it in that way is because um, it makes sure that we check in with it daily. Now, that's the way that it makes sure that we return to it. If it gave us a whole week, you know we would go off running without the Holy Spirit. We'd be like, okay, got it. I'm gone. I'm out of here. But the Holy Spirit allows us to check in every day to surrender once again our scripts to the Holy Spirit. And another reason why the Holy Spirit tells us what we are not supposed to be driving this day is because we don't even know where we're going. No, we don't. We have these plans, and we have these plans of thinking that we know where we're going, and we know, but the Holy Spirit has this view of God that's immense, and we have this. This is what we have, and this is what we're working off of. So it's just so beneficial for us to surrender and let the Holy Spirit have this day. So I am going to try and keep it light and, <laughs> and fun. You know, last week we talked about the F word, and... As many of you know, if you know me, I love the F word, and I use it all the time, unapologetically. I've been known to use it in front of children. And I, I'm talking about forgiveness, right? You got that. Well, I, I have said the other F word. It's one of my fonder words. But I don't judge words anymore, you know? I don't judge people, places, things, or words. Nothing's good or bad. I have no idea what anything's for. I get that, you know? So I get that today. And so today, we, last week we did forgiveness, and this week we're going to use another F word. <laughs> faith. We're going to use faith. So I really got to learn uh, a lesson in faith this week. I was up there with my kids, and we were making kites in this workshop. Uh, we were making these kites, and um, they gave us the paper, and they gave us these little balsam sticks, and they gave them these little stickers, and they're like, okay, have at it. Make your kites, and you can decorate them any way you like. And so my son... He drew this huge eye on his kite. And he said, Mom, do you see what that is? And I said, well, it looks like an eyeball. <laughs> and he said, it's the eye of God. I was like, wow. He's like, so when I put it up in the air, it's going to be like God's looking after me. And I was like, oh, my God. And I'm looking around the room like, did everyone hear that? That's my son? Like, that's my son. I taught him that. <laughs> but really... What happened for me is that fear crept in. This teeny mad idea crept in, and that little fear said to me, what if it doesn't fly? That's my adult thinking. That's not my childlike faith. That's my adult thinking, you know, the logical thinking that I'm so prone to do. You know, Einstein said that our logical thinking will get us from A to B, but our imagination and our inspiration will take us everywhere, right? But I, t I go into this logical thinking, what happens if it doesn't fly? And then this whole story that he had about God looking after him is crushed. And my son looks at me because, you know, he can tell my fear face, like, ah, and he says, Mom, it's going to fly, and it's going to fly really high. <laughs> and I was like, right, and right there I got to see, you know what, fear and faith ask us to believe in the same thing. They're both asking us to believe in something we cannot see. That's it. But why do we always choose fear? It's like, it's like the devil we know. We choose to believe in a broken God. We choose to believe that things are against us. We've lost that faith of a child that just says, this is going to work, guys. This is going to go up. It's going to be awesome. So 
We have to remember when we're taking things too seriously, it's when we move into that logical thinking, that limited thinking. Because when we realize in our infinite potential with God that there is nothing my holiness cannot do, and that's Lesson 138 from A Course in Miracles, there is nothing my holiness cannot do. And that's the good news today. I still have a very strong investment in the scarcity principle, as we all do. You know, because I don't trust God. You know, I don't trust that God has my good. I don't trust that God knows me. You know? And even when I see God answering my prayers in the most loving ways, you know, God always answers with three ways, the three ways that God answers prayer. Yes, my beloved, of course. Oh, hold up, not right now, my beloved. Or, wait up, I got something even better for you. I mean, why would you not want to go with that plan? The only thing, the worst case scenario, is that we learn a little patience, you know? The worst case scenario is that we have to wait a little for our good. And that's the perfect classroom for us. Because the number one ingredient of love is patience. Love is patient. So, you know, what we tend to do is we underestimate God, and God lays out this beautiful banquet for each of us, perfectly designed for each of us, and says, come on in, rolls out the red carpet, and we don't trust God, so we get, you know, we get in our dirty pajamas, and we come in the middle of the night, and we come into the banquet room, and we sneak around, and make sure nobody's looking, and we go up to the banquet table, and we grab a grape, and we go running out. We get back in our room, and we're like, ha, ha, look what I did. And the whole time, the Holy Spirit's standing there going, what the hell is she doing? <laughs> like, does she not know this is, this, is, this is her party? Does she not know? But we take back the control, and we don't trust God, and we start to do it the hard way. I'm going to drive this thing, God. I got this. I'm going to do it the hard way. So I have this friend in California. Her name's Lori. And she had these couple of kids that used to come over my house and watch TV with my kids. And my little kids, you know, when they watch TV, they'd be inundated with those commercials. And they would say to me every time, Mommy, can I have that? Mommy, can I have that? Mommy, can I have that? And I got to the point where I started to, like, stop negotiating with them. And I was just like, you know what? Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. And these little kids, you know, they went home and they told their mom. So Lori comes down the block and she's like, you know, when my kids come over to your house and they're watching TV, you know, you tell, you know, my kids told me that you tell your kids they can have anything they want on TV. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I do that. <laughs> yeah, haunt me, damn kids. <laughs> And she said, well, don't they get upset when they don't get it? And I said, well, well, well you know, she said, don't you get upset when, when, you, when you don't get that for them? And I said, hold up. I, I didn't say I was going to get it for them. I just said they could have it by the right of their consciousness. I'm not going to underestimate their God, you know, which is the truth. That's the truth for all of us. We go around underestimating each other's gods. We go around with our logical thinking, putting on each other. Well, you can't do that because you didn't do this, this, and that. And you can't do that because you didn't do this, this, and that. And you know what? That's just ridiculous. We don't, we don't need to do it for our children. We don't need to do it for each other. When somebody comes to you and says, can I have that? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Of course you can. I don't know how, but the Holy Spirit knows how. And if it's a desire within you, then it must be fulfilled in God. Because God's not going to string you along with carrots. Who do you think God is? Do you think God plays games like that? 
No, you're right. God doesn't. So we got to surrender the wheel. We got to surrender our judgments. We got to surrender our negative judgments and our positive judgments. Our negative judgments actually just block the thoughts of God. They just shut the door on God and they turn, away, turn us away from God. And our positive thoughts are just shadows of what God has for us because we underestimate God. We're pulling these stolen grapes and we think that's our good. But these positive things are just little shadows of what God really has in store for us. So we have to surrender it all. So, you know, I had a story come up this past week um, that just showed me where I was taking the wheel and how God had such better plans for me. So I was invited to go to this wedding for my sister. Um, My niece was getting married, Mary Helen. And, um, you know, my sister Mary, some of you might have known from last week, my mom passed away when we were young, and my mom, and Mary stepped in. She was like our mother. And uh, when we had a baby, she was there. When we needed anything, she was there. I cry sometimes when I talk. (laughs) And, uh, you know, she never really asked for anything. She's like solid, right? And so she invited everyone to this wedding. And I... Maureen and my limited thinking look at my bank account and I'm like I'm not going to be able to go to this wedding you know because I don't want to go into that slippery slope of putting things on my credit card I'm just not willing to do that today and you know I'm just you know starting out this business and I got to you know be responsible and logical so I said to my sister Mary I can't go to the wedding because I don't have the money and because I'm really going to take the wheel from God now and I don't want you sending me money. I don't want anyone sending me money. Like, this is okay. i got to live with where I'm at, okay? <laughs> God, is she crazy? Yes, she's absolutely insane. So uh, my sister said, okay, well, why don't we just pray on that? So we prayed, and she said, let's look for some miracles. And I said, okay. So I went out with my husband that next night, and I said, I really don't know if I should go to this wedding or not. And I said, I'm going to look for a sign. That's what I'm going to do. I'm really good at, you know, getting signs from the universe. So I'm going to look for a sign. And the first sign that popped into my head was so funny. <laughs> it could only have been placed there by the Holy Spirit. Because the sign was, I'm going to look for $1,000 in my mailbox. <laughs> and I was like, that's a great sign to look for. That would surely tell me I was supposed to go on this trip. <laughs> so oddly enough, it starts coming in. And I'm like, what the heck? I realize it's my birthday. My sisters start sending me gifts. And I'm like, okay. You know, usually it's just a, a card. But now they're putting, you know, $50 here and 50 I have six sisters, so you do the math. It starts to add up. And I'm like, you know, my sisters are not taking my direction. I told them I was not going to take money from them. <laughs> so anyway, my sister Joan, she gets even more clever. And she says, um, there's a box for you at the door. You need to go get this box at the door. I didn't even know how she knew, but there was actually, it came exactly when she called me. So there was this little box, and I opened it up, and inside is this little booty. It's my dad's baby boot. And I said, what are you, why are you sending me this baby boot? And she said, well, my husband's going on a rampage, throwing out all of my knickknacks, and I want to keep it safe at your house. And I said, well, okay, yeah, I can do that. And I see there's something hanging out of the boot, and I pull it out, and it's five $100 bills. And I'm like, Joan, there's $500 bills in the boot. Like, I get angry about these things. That's insane. She goes, oh, my gosh, Really? She goes, that's where dad must have hid his money. (laughs) So I said, Joan, this is a loan, okay? (laughs) I'm so, 
you know, I'm so against the plan of God. I'm so against receiving my good. You are too. We do it in ridiculous ways all the time. So I said, this is a loan. So she said, okay. So I make the, the flight and I book the ticket and I go to the airport. My good friend Beth Gordon gives me a ride and uh, we show up and the line is super long. And I'm like, wow, you know, this is a really long line. And I had booked it so that I, I had an extra day there, so I wasn't too nervous about not getting on the plane. But I did start thinking I might miss this flight. And I had talked to my sister Mary, and she said, I got the priest coming in from one airport and you coming in from the other, so I really have to figure out how I'm going to make this work out. So I'm keeping watch of my time, and I see I have like 10 minutes left, and I'm still not even near the security guards. And, and I start to think, oh, my God, maybe I'll miss the flight. And the Holy Spirit's like, Girl, I got you this far. Will you just give it a rest, man? You know? It's like, just be still. This is the holy moment that I have authored for you to rejoice and be glad in. Okay? What's your part? Can you play that? <laughs> okay. There's nothing that my holiness cannot do. So I walk towards the security people, and for whatever reason, they call me out, and they start giving me the once-over, and I'm like, okay, okay, got nothing there and nothing there, and they said, okay, something doesn't look right in your bag, so we're going to bring you over to this room, and I said, well, you know, I, got, I have 10 minutes to get on this plane, and they said, where's your um, gate, and I said, it's B8, they said, B8's right there, we'll get you through here, and we'll get you there, it'll be no problem, and I said, okay, there's nothing my holiness cannot do. God knows where I'm supposed to be at all times. I just have to surrender and rest in that truth. So I go into the room, and there's two women there, and one of them says to me, I'm going to swipe you this way, and then I'm going to swipe you that way, and I'm going to wipe you this way, and I'm thinking, okay, and then I'm going to swipe you this way, because why should you have all the fun? <laughs> but I didn't say that. <laughs> I actually was just standing there getting nervous, and then I thought again, you know what? Like, where am I? Like, this is not a bad place. Like, uh, you know, I know that this is, this is not a bad place to be. I'm having a good time. And that's what came out of my mouth. I did say, I'm just fine. I'm having a good time. <laughs> and they both looked at me like I was insane. <laughs> so they released me to the plane, and I get on the plane, and I have this bag with me. And um, the story says to me right away, you can't take that bag with you. And I'm like, whoa, why not? And she said, there's no room here. And I, and I never ask. I normally, like I'm a people pleaser, and I'm like, okay, yes, sir, I will go do what you need me to do. And this time I was like, you know what? Why don't I just ask? And I said, is there any way that we can just move some things around? And suddenly she said, okay. And I was like, well, that, that was easy. So we started pulling things out and pulling things this way. And it took us about three times, and we're getting all sweaty, and we're, like, figuring out the puzzle, and we finally get it, and we're, like, high-fiving. I'm like, you should be an engineer. You're brilliant. And she's like, oh, you. <laughs> so I sit down <laughs> in my chair, and I buckle up my seatbelt, and over the loudspeaker comes this voice that says, we have overbooked this flight, and there's not enough seats for all the people that want to get on, and if you could get off this flight, we will give you $600. I was like, what? Uh, what? I'm like, I heard 200 and 400 but $600? I was like, you know what? That's for me. So I'm fucking my thing. I have to go walking up, and this dude jumps out in the middle of the aisle and goes booking towards the front, and I'm like, whoa. And I turn back to my good friend, the stewardess, and she's like, oh, he got it. And I was like, man, oh, well, yeah, I'm supposed to be on this plane, I guess. So I buckle up, and I get back in, and then the voice comes again. We have one more seat, $600. And I was like, well, that one's surely for me. So I unbuckle it, and another guy gets up, runs down the aisle. And I'm like, what? And I look back at my friend, and she says, press the button. Okay, press the button. She comes over the last pair. She got it. 
And now I feel like I'm the winner on a game show. I'm like walking out, today, one. <laughs> Winning. So, <laughs> so I get off the plane and um, the guy out there is going crazy. You know what I mean? He's in chaos. And there's a lot of people who have taken this day very seriously. They need to be on this plane at this time or everything's going to fall apart, don't you know? So I see him there, and I think, you know, I'm not in any rush. You know, I got all the time I need now, and I, I also send him some prayers, and I'll just be at peace here and just hold the space. So I do just that, and we make eye contact a couple of times, and finally the, the, the line moves on, and I had the chance to call my sister, and I said, Mary, I'm not going to be on this flight. And she said, really? She goes, this could be really good news. And I said, why? She goes, because I wasn't going to be able to pick you up. <laughs> And I, she said, I'm going to be at this completely different other airport. I said, well, if I'm on a different flight, maybe I can get into a different airport. She's like, that would be a miracle. And I was like, well, with my holiness, all things are possible. And so I walked up to my friend, and I said to him, um, you know, since you're going to reroute me, could you get me into a different airport? And he said, Miss Muldoon, thank you for being so patient. I was thinking to myself, that was the fastest 600 bucks I've earned in a long time, like... Don't worry about thanking me, buddy. So he goes, well, not only can we get you in that airport, but it looks like we can get you there first class. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I will take that first class. Thank you very much, my friend. So he says to me, I saw you waiting there so patiently, and I got something else for you. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, you know? He goes, here's a ticket to go buy yourself some nice breakfast while you're waiting for the flight. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I underestimate my God all the time. In my script, I wasn't even going to get on the plane. <laughs> right? Right. So I get myself something I never buy myself, which is one of those big, <laughs> big old Jamba juices. They're like $100 for a juice this big. <laughs> I'm like... Whatever, it's mine. So I got my Jamba juice in one hand, I got my first class ticket in the other, and I got 600 bucks in my pocket. And I'm like, what the? I continue to underestimate my God. That's what I do. And don't you know, when I got to first class, I didn't come there like I was in dirty pajamas. I was like, I'm glad I dressed nice today. <laughs> and I sat down. She offered me a drink, and I was like, yes, thank you. I will have a drink, as if I was supposed to be there, because it was the right of my consciousness. I was supposed to be there. So that's the truth for you as well. You know, we continue to underestimate and we continue to try and take the steering wheel and we don't know where we're going. We don't know the plan that God has for us. We've got to sit back and be still and allow the goodness of God to be what it will and we have nothing to do but rejoice and be glad in it. And the way that we can extend our consciousness so that we can receive these gifts of God is by being in love. That's it. By being in appreciation, by being in joy, by extending love, by extending joy, by extending appreciation, by not tripping out into fear, by just being in love. That's how, we, that's how we allow our good to come to us. That's how we allow the perfect script of God to unfold for us. We need to do nothing more than that. And still, I want to co-author another moment. I want to write some alternative script that has me. <laughs> Seriously, this was one of the scripts I was thinking about writing. For this, for this story, I was thinking about traveling, driving all the way down to Texas and all the way back. That was my best idea. Yeah, little did I know that something else was happening. So, <clears throat> so we got to lay aside all of these ramblings of fear. You know, 
We've got to step out into faith. And we've got to allow that faith to wash over us and to take it where we need to be. Not where we think we need to be, but where God needs us to be. Because within the thoughts of God, all is made clear. And my gifts, my gifts and your gifts, are used for his holy plan. You know, we show up and we play the role that God has for us, and that's the perfect plan. If I hadn't used my brokenness, my sisters would never be able to extend that love to me. If I hid in the closet and just say, I'm not coming. If I didn't extend a bit of humor to the um, stewardess, we would have never had that agreement. She would have never told me to press the button. I would have never known that trick. I'd be sitting there thinking, how come everybody else would get my good? <laughs> you know, if I didn't extend a prayer to my friend at the desk, you know, I wouldn't have had that supersized Jamba Juice. <laughs> These are things that happen because we're present with God, because we're invested in just being the love that God has us to be. We're just present with God. We need to do nothing more than that. We don't need to make anything happen. In fact, when we begin to make things happen, those are the things that have no value whatsoever because they are man-made. They have an expiration mark. They are nothing more than sandcastles on the sand of time. And we get attracted to them and distracted to them. When in truth, everything that's made with God is infinite love. It goes on for forever and it's absolutely our, tr our true value. It's the truth of who we are and the truth of who you are. <laughs> Did I tell you that before I got here, I was sweating it? <laughs> I was. I was, like, fearful about coming in here today. So funny. I had to surrender. I had to get down on my hands and knees and say, take these crazy thoughts from me. You're, I'm not the one doing this talk. You're the one who's doing this talk. So it's just funny how we, how we poke at ourselves. You know, it says that I need not question or worry or contemplate even. All I need do is be still and receive the thoughts of God. My mind is no longer speaking but witnessing, and it becomes apparent that what it is witnessing is beyond my ability to create. And that is why it strikes me funny. And that is why it causes me awe. And that is why it can delight me, because I am not the author of this holy moment. God is, and I need nothing to do here but just be in it. I merely am grateful to witness the birth of God's creation, God's beauty and God's grace. The perfect creation, it stands me still, it stands us all still. It undoes our need for judgment when we are truly there. We notice that we no longer have a need to judge it because it's just so awe-inspiring. And then only a fool would try and judge it or try to interpret it, try and describe it, try to define it, you know, but we want to do that. We want to go back into our logical mind and we want to say, this is how it, you know, this is how it is. But that takes us out of this moment again. So we again have to be still. That was how it was. What is it now? Let me be here now. My true and only choice is to rejoice and be glad. All else is just a misinterpretation that need not be. Do you get that? So anytime you think you're judging something, it's just, a mis it's just mislabeled by you. This is not broken. This is not less than. You have just mislabeled it. You need to go out and get those other labels that say perfect. Because <laughs> that's all it is. Uh, on top of that, I don't think God asked us our opinion. <laughs> God didn't say, look what I made. What do you think?
little brother. All of creation sings God's praise without words or reasons, just like the sunflower and the tree. We stay rooted in this moment. We extend our arms up to the heavens, to God. We give praise, and that's all we need to do. Stay present in this moment and extend our, our, our praise to God. And when you look to nature, it's done in a million different ways. So the way I give praise, say I'm a tree, is going to be different than the way a sunflower gives praise or a bird gives praise. And you might show up the way you're supposed to show up. I can't show up like you. I can only do me. You can only do you. And if you don't do you, you're robbing us of the perfect picture of God. These things in nature, they do not forget their source. And so we're asked not to forget our source. We are already all that God will have us be. There's no need to judge it. And the thing that we do, too, is that we place our desires out in God and we become so addicted to our desires that we forgot that it's God that does the fulfilling of our desires. We take it the long way, you know? We hold on to the desire when we focus on the desire and we forget that it's God's good pleasure to bring forth that desire. That's why it was placed within us, so that it could be fulfilled through us. Everything is done through us. So... Again, when we recognize this, we recognize fully that there is nothing that my holiness cannot do. If we just walked in with that to every room, expecting that there is perfection there for us, we will be amazed. So last week was about forgiveness. That's making a kind of purifying where you're at, keeping your side of the sidewalk clean. And this week is fearless love, to really extend that fearless love. I have a contest going on. That whoever gives the most love this week, speak the words of love. Say, I love this. I love you. I love that. This is awesome. This is so loving. Whoever can give the most enthusiasm, whoever can move into the most joy, the most foolish and um, unedited joy is the winner. Okay? <laughs> You'll see what you win, too. And we will, we will raise our kites. And we will watch them fly. And sometimes, most times, when we least expected, sometimes they will even fly first class. <laughs> so I just want you to know the truth is that sometimes if you find yourself back by the bathroom and it's stinky, that, that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. That that actually is the perfect place for you to be. That even in that, that is perfect. So know that, that this week as you go forward. Let's pray. Hmm. So grateful for... God, for God's perfect plan, for God's perfect moment, for God's perfect script, for God's perfect love that is without lack or limitation or want or need or desire, and that we are one with this love of God. It fills us up. The very top of our heads, the soles of our feet are filled with the grace of God. Our consciousness is filled with the grace of God. We live in the very midst of God, 365 degrees immersed in the love of God. God comes to us. God comes through us. God does all that needs to be done, and all we need to do is rejoice and be glad. And so I know that this week we take on that role that is appointed to us. We play out that role fully and boldly as children would, dancing and singing and allowing ourselves to be in love and allowing ourselves to excuse fear from the conversation. And so
so I'm so grateful to know that as we do step into this love, that we will be amazed before we're even halfway through with this week at how beautifully God just rolls out the red carpet. God rejoices. We witness as everything bends for us and nothing goes against us. This is the truth and the whole truth. I know it not only for myself, but I know it for each of us. For we step into heaven three and four and five at a time. No one goes ahead. No one gets left behind. Hmm, so grateful for all of this and so much more. I just move into the feeling nature of knowing it's already the truth. It's already the truth and the whole truth. So with joyful expectancy, I release these words into the powerful energy of God's love that says, yes, yes, my beloved, I got you. Let's do this. And so I let it be, and together we say, so it is.